This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey everyone and welcome to the wrap-up live. It's myself, Sahal Abdi, here with Oren Weisfeld. This is the official Raptors Republic post-game live show where we recap and we dissect the latest Raptors game you all just watched. This live show is produced by yours truly. Again, Sahal and Oren. And guys, we're here tonight after maybe um, one of the worst Raptors losses of the season considering all the circumstances surrounding this game tonight your raptors were defeated by the minnesota timberwolves 128 to 126 bringing the raptors record six games six games right below 500 to 20 and 26 on the nba season last but not least if you guys love the work or even like the work or you're just indifferent about the work that we do here at raptors republic we would appreciate you all subscribing to both the youtube channel and the podcast channel rapcast all right Oren, uh, <laughs> where do we start? This is, uh, this is uh, for me at least, I can speak for myself, this is the most difficult game I think I've watched. Um, the Raptors are not, are not a good basketball team, and it's yeah. very difficult for me to come to terms with that. Minnesota Timberwolves were out with their two best players or two of their three best players. Rudy Gobert was out. Carl Anthony Towns was out. Raptors had absolutely everybody. And um, they controlled this game quite literally until the last few minutes. And everything fell apart and they somehow lost mm -hmm. to a uh, injury-riddled Minnesota Timberwolves team. Warren, I've said this to you like 10, 15, maybe 20 times this year. Where do you stand on this Raptors team after tonight? Unfortunately... I, I gave up. I'm giving up, guys. I'm throwing in the towel tonight. Okay. Uh, right. I told my friend if they lose tonight to the Timberwolves without Towns and Gobert. Um, but I was giving up. And, uh, and the way they lost made it even more obvious to me. I, I think it was a lot of, like, for me, the Raptors didn't play any defense tonight, which was the problem yeah. for the majority of the game. But in the last quarter, it was the offense. And it was the selfishness of it. Like, guys going one-on-one, -on -one, taking turns going one-on-one, -on -one, not passing the ball. They obviously got a good – a couple – OG got two good looks from the corners. But other than that, all the shots were pretty bad. ISO contested mid-range looks. And, yeah, I, I unfortunately have to give up on the team. I hate tanking. I, I love competing. I love going for whatever spot you can get and trying to get young guys' experience in the playoffs. Like, I love all those things. I stand for all those things. But at a certain point, you got to accept reality. And the reality is that they're not good enough to compete in the Eastern Conference. So it's sad. Yeah. I'm sad. But that's where I'm at. How about you? Have you given up? 
or do you need a couple more games, maybe? Um, you picked a great game because I did pick a good game. I think it was a fair game to give them. Yeah, one more chance. Like I said, considering all the circumstances, I mean, if you're if you're if you're going up against a full strength Minnesota Timberwolves team, right? At least talent wise, this team is put together pretty well, right? You have D'Angelo Russell. Um, you have Anthony Edwards, you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have Rudy Gobert, and then you have a pretty good surrounding cast around them. Like Kyle Anderson's a, a, a really good basketball player. Raptors fans realize that tonight. Um, you have Jalen Noel. That's how you say his name, right? No, Noel? Is it Noel or Noel? Noel. Yeah, Noel. So I got it right. Um, he's a good player. I, I mean, I would love him on the Raptors, right? And he's what, their eighth best player, ninth best player? I mean, I would love him here coming off the bench. Um, this is a good team, but the problem is this is a team, you know, that's missing two of their three best players, number one. And number two, usually in the last two or three seasons, you would see the Raptors going into games, missing some key guys, whether it's Fred Van Vliet. He's missed some quite some time um, due to multiple injuries, knee, back, all of that. Pascal Siakam has missed some time. Um, OG Ananobi has obviously missed some time since really he started as a Raptor. A lot of it has just not really been his fault. It just kind of sucks for him, right? A lot of it was just stuff like getting an appendectomy, right? Just before the playoffs started um, in 2019. So the Raptors are usually the injured team. And they went into this game as healthy as you could get in the NBA. And um, the Timberwolves were not. And, and to lose a game like this, right, because... You look at it, and the Raptors were shooting 60-plus percent from the field at halftime and from three. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, as the game goes on and on and on, they get cold. But this is one of the few nights, Oren, where the Raptors shoot so, so well in this game. Efficiency-wise, yeah. it was just as good as you're going to get from this Raptors team. Like, you look at it, Scotty Barnes 11 for 15 in this game, right? Fred's shooting over 50%. And to be quite honest, we just haven't seen that this season quite a bit from Fred. So you got to give Fred credit for that, right? Um, you know, OG hovering around 50%. The bench shooting a really good percentage, right? Like you got you got the scoring that you always complain about. Or I, like, I mean, you as obviously the Raptors fan base, not you obviously or personally. Um, yeah. The scoring we all complain about, we got it from the bench, right? How do you say his name? Is it Wieskamp or Wisecamp? Wee's cap. He was great. He <laughs> signed him. Rest of the season. I'm saying it now. Like you made your declaration that you gave up on this Raptors team on what day is it today? Thursday, January 19th, 2023. All right, the Raptors. On, on Thursday, January 19th, 2023, right? We must sign Joe Wisecamp. Why Wise Camp? Joey. Big Joey, big weed, the big weed. I want him for the entire season. I don't yeah, care whose minutes got to go on the bench, right? And that's sad, honestly, if you're watching this as a non-Raptors fan because you're going, he was just three for four with nine points. And yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, we got nine points from a bench player. I'm, I'm excited about that, right? Precious had a pretty good game. I don't know, Oren. I think I'm with you, man. Um. I said, considering all the circumstances, I didn't even mention one of the one of the biggest circumstances that um, are, are up and coming for the Raptors, which is you got the Boston Celtics, the best team in the NBA on Saturday coming up. 
Um, and it gets worse, right? Because if you take out that Knicks game, you have the Kings who are much better, right? You got the Warriors at home. They don't lose at home. You got the Blazers. You got the Suns. You got the Jazz who are way better. Like, it's just – it doesn't get better than – any better, right, than playing the Minnesota Timberwolves missing their two guys. So, Oren, I think – it's, t- it's tough for me to say, and I wish Aiden was here because I feel like he would be slapping us right now for saying this. But probably, um, I think I, I think I'm with you, man. I think I think this is it for the Raptors. Um, your 2022-2023 Raptors. I just I don't know where they go from here because it, the road just gets more and more difficult from this point forward, and they've lost too many winnable games this season. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well. Definitely, like, in terms of um, just saying this is a must-win game. This is a must-win. We've said that a lot this season, and obviously a lot of the time we're not being honest. But considering the schedule you just mentioned, this was a must-win game. And then you also hit on the injury point, which is a big part of why I'm giving up on the Raptors. It's because, like, for so long they were injured, and they did not hesitate to use that as an excuse. Like, the coaching staff, the players, they were all, like, well, we're banged up. We don't have all our guys. It's hard to win when you don't have a lot of healthy guys. Yada, yada, yada. And a lot of that is true, but I think it's been now a large enough sample with everyone pretty much other than Otto Porter Jr. being healthy. You know, Achua's played like seven games in a row now. Um, everyone's healthy on this team and they're still not winning and they're still losing to bad teams. And that's like a big part of this is like, yeah. The injuries for the Raptors, they've gotten healthy. They actually can see their team whole. And me as, as, a, as a fan, as an analyst, I can see the whole team, everybody healthy. And I can say, like, something doesn't work about it. Something is off. And so, yeah, it's just weird to me. It, it's kind of unanswerable. I don't completely understand these games where Achua shows up. He's great off the bench. Why is camp gives them nine points off the bench? Like, their bench was kind of fine tonight. Nothing special, but fine. Um, and the starters were good up until the last stretch where they just completely forgot how to play offense. I mean, their starters weren't good defensively. They couldn't figure out how to get stops in the paint all night. Scotty Barnes at center is a fun gimmick to me, but without a rim protector at center, the Raptors are just going to keep leading points. And so the starting lineup doesn't work to me. The bench is nothing special. And the late game offense goes down the drain every game recently basically since pascal his jumper kind of left him he's no longer been the late game guy which was working really well when the ball was in his hands most of the season and he was making decisions now it's kind of whoever is playing well gets the ball at the end of the game in the last game it was fred who kind of ruined the late game offense he was playing really well in milwaukee so to his credit he got the ball he made bad decisions tonight it was scotty and fred um and OG not making Scott's but Scotty and Fred kind of ISOing, not getting much. Pascal didn't get much. Um so yeah, like Scotty had a great game. And I don't want to take anything away from him. But the the late game offense, the way it's running right now, where it's just like democratic, whoever feels like they're hot can take the ball, it's not working for me. And yeah, the whole team's not working for me. Yeah. Um that was a great concluding statement. The whole team's not working for me. It's not working for me either. Like, um, like so we didn't I even. A, I have a couple of tweets to show here. Like, yeah. Sorry, you talking? I'll, I'll I'll pull them up. No, I was gonna say we didn't even mention that. Like, 
you have Cat and Gobert out in this game, and we didn't even mention the fact that you got a 5-for-16 shooting night from Anthony Edwards. The one guy that the Minnesota Timberwolves can probably count on to give them a big scoring night. Going into this game, Oren, I believe um, the statistic, it was I read our preview this morning on RaptorsRepublic.com, uh, Anthony Edwards is averaging 25 points per game um, over the last 25 games that Carl Anthony Towns missed. So he's a, a guaranteed 25 for you um, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I mean, the before that is average. I mean, other than that, they say his average is around 22. So it's it's like if you get a bad game from the one guy they can count on as well and you still manage to lose this game, Goodness gracious, it's like, what else can go wrong? I mean, eight for nine, Kyle Anderson, 20 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. I mean, part of me is is happy, Oren, and you're probably asking what the hell is wrong with you. Uh, I do have him on my fantasy team, Kyle Anderson. Great waiver pickup um, nice. since Cat has, has gone That's down. That's great. That's but, exactly what we should be talking about on the night right? of the Raptors side. We should be talking yeah. about Fantasy team, yeah, because I'm a I'm a selfish piece of us, and you know that. Um, no, the, like you don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like I've ran out of ideas and and things to say and things to deduce from this team. Yeah. Um, Me too. McDaniel's just it was hitting every shot. Like I mean, he started the game with a three, and then he hit one later in the first, and then he hit another one. It's it's just. I was at a point, you know, in early in the fourth quarter where I was thinking, like, this game's a wrap. It's over, right? You've beaten the Timberwolves in both quarters in the first half. Dang, and the one quarter – the, Yeah, the one quarter you lose in, in the third, you lose it by two points, 35 to 33, mm. right? Like, you barely lose the third quarter, and then you just capitulate. Everything falls apart in the fourth quarter, especially in the last five minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. You see the tweet there from uh, Kirithika. She says, uh, who, who's, I believe she's with TSN Sports. She says the Raptors went four minutes and 45 seconds without a field goal before that Scotty Barnes bucket. Ouch. Um, yeah. And then and then I also had this tweet from uh, Hanif, who is a writer I like, who's a Timberwolves fan. And he's saying he'll take this exhausting win for the Timberwolves. But this is what he said about the Raptors. And this is just an outside perspective I, I want to give fans for people who don't watch the Raptors every oh, night. Oh, I'm so glad he tweeted he this. Said, he said, we'll take any W in this exhausting season, but this was wild. The Raptors were executing so well and then seemed to abruptly and aggressively decide, what if everyone just went one-on-one and then jumped in the air with the ball, but with no real plan for what to do with it? And yeah, like, I don't, I don't even need a single guys out for turnovers, um, but something was just wrong with them today. And it felt like they were so antsy for a win that they stopped remembering how to play. And that also happened at the end of the second quarter where they were up like 20 and then the, the Timberwolves got it down to almost 10 at the end of the second quarter. And the Raptors really had an opportunity to just finish the game right there. And they were making some silly decisions, turning the ball over, and then they, the Timberwolves made it to 10. And then it happened again at the end of the game. So there is something with the Raptors. I've been noticing all season, I pointed out a couple of times on the show, like they get up in these games, or, or sorry, like 
they get behind or the other team basically just goes on a little bit of run, make things closer. And then they start playing hero ball. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get us out of this drought. I'm going to do it all myself. I'm going to take it upon myself. And everyone is guilty of this on the Raptors. There's a lot of guys who play hero ball at times. And it pisses me off. And it's like, it's on the coaching staff too for not drawing up plays on one hand. But at the same time, like the Raptors called a timeout late in the game, drew something up. Scotty, they run it. Scotty runs it. And then Scotty just passes it to the Timberwolves guy because it seemed like that was the play. But instead of reading what actually happened, he just, he tried to give a really contested pass to Pascal, who was kind of under the basket. And it was just like, you can't blame the, t- the staff for those mess ups. You can't, like, yeah. they, they run a play. It doesn't work. Now you have to trust your players to improvise. And for whatever reason, whether they don't trust each other or the hierarchy isn't defined, things we've been talking about all season, like for every reason, when the Raptors need to improvise and play with each other, at the end of games when things get tight, they just really fail to have any success doing that. Yeah. Um, it's They just lose their minds during those periods of impro- improvisation that, you know, I don't know if it's a, it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's a, we need to take more of a macro look, Oren, at this offense. I'm not sure what it is. And, and, and it's funny. And it's a little bit ironic, Oren, because the one guy – who I feel like the maybe the last time the Raptors had a pretty respectable half-court offense when he was here was Chris Finch. Um, and it's it's funny enough that when he was part of Nick Nurse's staff, he used to have that, um, I don't know if uh, people, obviously Raptors fans know this, but during usually during halftimes, um, whatever broadcast crew it is, whether it's TSN, Sportsnet, they'll, they'll usually um, interview a Raptors assistant coach, whether it's... Um, Chris Finch from back in the day or whoever it is, right? And Chris Finch, I remember one interview comes to mind when he was a Raptors assistant coach and they were asking him, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but they were asking him about offense. And he mentioned how one of the most important things on offense is to have a philosophy. And I think the Raptors struggle, struggle with with having a clear philosophy for the entire game, right? We're not just the first three quarters or the first three quarters and a half. Um, and, and that's why I said I'm so glad that you're going to read this tweet because I oh, I love seeing, you know, that the external um, opinion from fans or writers who watch the Raptors who don't get a chance to see this team every game, right? Like things were working so well for this team all night long. They were hitting on all cylinders. They were getting clean looks um, from every level of the offense, from mid-range. Fred was getting his floaters in. Scotty was dominating down low when he wanted to. The threes were hitting. Everything was going right. And then you're watching the last five, six, seven minutes, and you're like, what, I, what is this? Okay, Gary, it's your turn. You're on the elbow. Go ahead. All right, Scotty, now it's you. All right, Pascal, now it's you. Fred, all right, your turn. Like, I don't – I don't know. I, I'm not sure uh, I see – I'm at the point, Orin, where – I mean, prior to this game, I was at the point where I was like, you know – you trade one of these guys and you get a couple contributors, you know, make this team a little bit deeper and stronger in terms of talent, maybe overall throughout the roster, I think they can make a late run, right? And they could be that one frightening team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. But I'm I'm at the point now where it's like, I don't know. Is it is it a philosophy thing with this team? I'm not sure. I'm I'm really not. And I think the worst part about a situation like this, Oren, is that 
as things continue to go downhill for a team like this, naturally, and this happens in, in all you know pro sports across the board, doesn't matter what league you're talking about, right? The, the focus starts to go from players to coaches. And Nick Nurse has been the one guy on this team that I think, and, and rightfully so, by the way, deservedly so, has been the one guy that I think has been out of um, the, 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 the firing range for all Raptors fans, right? Like it's always blame that player. He's not playing well and blame this player and blame that. And, and I think as the season goes along, if this continues, you're going to start seeing questions, not just from the fans, but from the media as well um, in terms of the performance and the job that Nick Nurse is, is putting forward for this team. And I'm not just, you know, it's tough. He's in a tough situation, Orrin, because he's the head coach, right? And when, when things go great for this team, he gets all the praise, right? We're not giving the praise to Adrian Griffin. We're not giving the praise to whoever assistant coaches were, right? Uh, Nate Bjorkren, we're not giving, we're not doing that, right? But when things go wrong, um, you know, someone's going to have to, you know, not necessarily take the fall because I don't think that's where we are with Nick Nurse, uh, really even close to that. But someone's going to have to step in front of – someone's going to have to bite the bullet, right? Um, um, and, again, I'm not – I think his – I'm just clarifying this for everyone. I think his job prospects are fine. I think Nick Nurse is, is not on the hot seat or anything like that. But I'm just saying in the last, what, three years? I think it's been three years since the Raptors won a championship, 2019. Um, the criticism has, has kind of went around Nick Nurse, right, for the most part. And um, – yeah. Now we might see things change a little bit more. And I don't know if you agree with yeah. me or not. I think that's a fair point and a good way to put it. Like he has a lot of buffer room because of the championship. Um, no one's criticized him since then. And rightly so for the most part, I mean, people have criticized him, but no one's called for his job really. And right. thought that the Raptors would be better with a different coach. And that's because he won a championship and proved during that run that he's a really, really good coach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I still would keep him around. I still think he's a really good coach, but I absolutely think he's not connecting to this group in, in some significant ways. I think, yeah, something's off with this group. I, I also think the league is changing, which is something we don't talk about. Like, it's getting younger, and, and this locker room has gotten really younger, and maybe Nick connected to some of those veteran teams really, really well when they had a championship roster, and that was an old team. And maybe he's not connecting as well to this next generation of players. I think that's a real possibility as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, like that's not on Nick Nurse necessarily. That's just things change. And sometimes, yeah, if you're the front office and you're seeing that, then maybe you do need to really stru- start strongly considering a coach who can relate to these younger guys. This is all speculation, but I'm just thinking about, we're all just thinking about ways that why this season has gone so off the rails. And yeah, yeah, so so I get that. But also I'll say this, like I just wrote today at Yahoo and I'm going to put it in the comments right now, this piece. This is really that like my belief on it more than anything. And it's true that Nick has been just straight up not good this season. And it's true that some of the key players haven't been as good as they thought, as, as we know they can, like Fred and Scotty for a lot of the year and OG now and Pascal even now at the bench. But for me, it's about the roster more than anything. And it's about the lack of shooting and also the lack of rim protection. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. not what this piece is about. I wrote a piece about just how, how few shooters they have and how 
much the bet that they could kind of develop these big forwards into shooters has not paid off. And guys like Achua and Boucher and, and all these guys not shooting the, the three ball well. Um, and Barnes and Siakam. And you can't have three good shooters on an NBA team in the modern NBA and expect to win. So I blame the roster construction more than anything. The front office, just like Nick Nurse, deserves a lot of time because of the championship and everything else. But, like, yeah, and I'm, I'm not mad at the front office at all. But at a certain point, like... I think that's, like, the bring, next you gotta, you got to bring shooting to this team, especially if you want to yeah. build around Siakam and Barnes, who are two guys who play out of the paint, aren't shooters, and are good playmakers, especially two three-point shooters. you got to – yeah, you you got to just freaking catch shooters. And even the little Wies Camp minutes we saw, you get a mm-hmm. tall movement shooter in there playing around Barnes and playing around Siakam, and he knocks down three threes. It's like – Obviously, that that type of player isn't going to be great on defense and what whatever. But like, you just need to invest in those type of players and and not invest as in give them a ten day contract. A guy who's in the G League. I mean, like, draft them, trade for them, mm-hmm. assign them in free agency. Like, actually spend assets for guys who are shooters and good offensive players. Oh, um, Minhas Rahman. He asks, uh, or he doesn't ask. I mean, he asserts a pretty good point. And this is honestly the next step of what I what I was gonna what I was alluding to. Um, you know, naturally the the progression, Oren, is you blame the players and then you blame the coaches, um, and then you move on to the front office. And I think I think it's fair to say that there are some mistakes that have been made, and I don't think it's unfair to criticize that. Um, I think it's unfair to take that and say, you know, make a, you know, macro view and say, well, this front office sucks because, I mean, Raptors fans know more than anyone that that's for the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, they have been one of the um, Raptors fans have probably been one of the most. Um, uh, I mean, I'm looking at wins and since when or in 2013, the Raptors are probably, I mean, easily, I'd say top five in the league in total wins, I think. Um, in the last decade of basketball, they've been a very good team for a very long time. And I think a lot of that has to do with the front office valuing and, and prioritizing stability, especially, uh, yeah. you know, at the coaching ranks as well. Right. Cause Re- kept, real quick someone, on someone, someone mentioned really quick, someone mentioned yeah. Dwayne Casey had a very long leash under Messiah Jiri, and he did. Mm-hmm. And I think Nick nurse has an even longer one because he reached that pinnacle with the Raptors and won the championship, which is why I have this big old guy right there. Yeah. And the front office was great. Like, there's no doubt for the last decade, they were great. I I think part of that piece I wrote, too, is just kind of the idea that the league is changing and the Raptors front office needs to catch up to like this three point shooting explosion is taking the league by storm. You can no longer get by having a few good shooters and then a bunch of big athletes who play defense, which is kind of what the Raptors have built around. Like, it's an intriguing idea. And I still think there's some merit to it, but some of those big guys have to be shooters. Like the league has changed and that's, that's the thing with nurse. And that's the thing with the front office too. It's like both of them need to adjust. They were good in the past. There's no taking anything away from what they did in the past, but you have to adjust and, and you have to also just accept certain things. Like you can't run away from the way the league is going with three point shooting. 
and go, oh, but we like offensive rebounds and steals. Like, you just can't, you have to accept certain <laughs> truths about the league. And I think three point yeah. shooting is a huge truth. They just need to accept and and kind of change the team a little bit around that. Yeah. And I and I mean it's not all it's not I mean it feels like it's all bad after after a loss like this in the season, but it's really not considering the fact that if you do make changes, Oren, I mean there are guys that have value in this league, tons of it too. Like we're not talking about um, you know little rotational players that the Raptors could trade and, and can hope for a a piece back, right? We're talking about Gary Trent Jr. who's if he's traded, you know, hypothetically, he's going to command a lot. Same as Fred Van Vliet, same as OG Ananobi, whether it's now, this summer, two years from now. Like, these are young core guys, and, and NBA teams understand the fact that these can be core guys for their teams as well. So, um, I mean, it's tough. Someone someone commented hey, you know, in the live comments. A, yeah, yeah. You know who else could be a core guy? Who? Uh, Victor Weminyama. Nice. No, I wasn't expecting that, but I like that. I also that hurt you to say. You have to put your hand over your face. That kills Um, me. Because it means I have to watch a half a season of basketball that just doesn't matter if they go that direction. And that's really tough for me. I I don't have a long life ahead of me. Like, I don't have that many years left where I can waste a half a season. You know? I'm getting old. It's tough, man. Yeah, I'm waking up in knee pain, man. And I haven't even hit 30 yet. Um, it's tough. We're gonna we're gonna go soon, but before we do, Orin, we haven't chosen our Can Am Tax player of the night. And usually I defer, right? If I'm with Aiden, I defer and I go, Aiden, you go ahead and choose it, and I'll mention a guy that I think an honorable mention. And I was gonna do that tonight, Orin, but yeah. the, but the E goes out. And I'm picking a player for us. And I'm going to go with none other. Our Can-Am tax player of the night is none other than Joe Wieskamp um, out of – what school did he go to? Uh, Iowa. Somewhere in Iowa. I just know that. He went to Iowa. He did. Um, and I am so excited. And I know this is sad on the other side. Um, but, hey, it looks like the Raptors have a shooter, right? And unlike Matt Thomas, he doesn't look like a guy that looks like an LA fitness defender on an NBA court. Yeah, he actually looked pretty good today. I was surprised. Decent. I still am, it was the Timberwolves, though. I'm still skeptical. Hey, okay, fair. But, you know, the great but thing he is... Deserved it. He deserves it. No one... Like, Scotty lovers are going to be upset that you... They're going to be mad. They're going to be, be mad at you, but whatever. They didn't win. And, no. and Joey boy knocked down some threes. Yeah. And, and you got it. And, and the reason, and I'm going to give you guys another reason why I'm doing this. We may not see Wieskamp for the rest of the season. I don't, I'm not sure. Cause the way Nick nurse does these little bench rotations, I'm not sure if we see Wieskamp uh, versus Boston on Saturday night. Right. Um, Barnes is going to have plenty of opportunities this season. I mean, the focal point now, Orin is clear. You have Scotty Barnes. development is, is over damn near everything. Right at this point. Well, for um, us, at least. I don't know if the Raptors have given up just because we have, but yes. For, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. But um, I don't know what's going to happen with Wieskamp. So, I mean, this is the opportunity. He came in. He looked great. Um, uh, Jason Choi says Wieskamp will be cut. I disagree with you. 
I do. Um, but yeah, we're going to go with Joe Wieskamp for Can-Am Tax Player of the Night. Oren, do you have anything to add before we head out um, from this no. absolute just, eulogy that we just, just completed? Yeah, thanks to the, the fans for sticking around for this dark, dark day, this dark video <laughs> where we finally give up on the Raptors. Um, and, you know, to the fans, I hope you find joy in the rest of the season. I hope you somehow wow. find some joy in it. Um, but yeah, thanks for the support, and we'll see you. We're, we're still going to be here. Win, lose, rain, shine. We'll, we'll yeah. be here after every rap. We were we were here during the COVID year, right? When it was just as bad as it can get. Yeah, exactly. We and how during the COVID tank year, me and how we're using this show to just talk about guys in the draft we like. So maybe this show will go in that direction this year. Um, yeah, and, and it, honestly, it was pretty fun. So stick around. That's the point. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season regardless of where the Raptors go. Just a very difficult loss, and we're going to end it off there. Guys, if you love what you've uh, watched or anything you've read in the past or you know heard on Raptors Republic, um, we would really, 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 really appreciate before you leave if you could like the video. It does help the YouTube algorithm as well as subscribing to the Raptors Republic YouTube channel and subscribing to our podcast channel, The Rapcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. We do, unfortunately, have the Boston Celtics, the first place uh, in the Eastern Conference, Boston Celtics, whose current record is 33 wins and 12 losses on the season. Um, we have the Boston Celtics on Saturday night. How is it for myself, Sahal Abdi? You could follow myself uh, at Sahal Abdi and Orrin Weisfeld at Orrin Weisfeld. Uh, we loved having... Uh, I mean, you guys here tonight, it was tough. I, I'm still out of words. Oren's out of words. I'm not sure where we go from here, but uh, we're glad you guys spent the night with us. Enjoy. And uh, we'll see you guys hopefully Saturday night. Hope it gets better, right? <laughs>